Abby, who do you hope is listening to this podcast episode? Anyone that I have beautifully disappointed. Welcome to the Tyler Loops Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. And I probably made you afraid of dogs. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> Sir, I heard you say grassy ass. I could have said one Tyler will always be my home. Oh, that's all sexes. Let's begin. My guest today is Abigail Aranjon Alvarez. Abigail has called Lindale home for 25 years. She likes riding bikes with her husband, day trips to Tyler State Park, and advocating for people in her community, whether it's public health issues or education. Abigail and her husband of 29 years have three children together. She says, I'm fortunate that I live on my parents' property and get to mooch off them. Whatever you think you know about me from this bio, you don't. I love to shift people's expectations about me. Abby, welcome to Out of the Loop Podcast. Hi, Jane. Let's take a listen to your story, told in Season 3 of Out of the Loop. That was July of 2020. Hi, I'm Abigail Arancón Álvarez. I was 25 years old, and I had one last opportunity to pass the math section of the GD. In 2001, the state of Texas was revamping their GD exam, which meant that I'd have to start over if I didn't pass the math section. It was... A morning that I'll never forget, I was nervous, I was anxious as I made my way to the TJC West Campus. It was a place that I had become all too familiar with. I remember walking in and doing what I needed to do and I went and I handed the test prompter my receipt and she handed me some paper and some pencils and a calculator. It was probably the most gut-wrenching two hours of my life. I felt great, confident, but nonetheless nervous. So the following Monday, I'm calling the GD headquarters in Austin. Ring, how can I help you? Hi, my name is Abigail, and I'd like to know if my GD exam has been generated, has it been graded? Well, Abigail, can you give me your social? gave her my social, and she says, let me put you on a brief hold. We all love those brief holds. Not really. I remember she came back and said, Abigail, your test hasn't been graded yet. Give us a couple more days. Of course, I never gave a couple more days. I was calling every day, and it actually got to the point where the receptionist in Austin knew my voice, recognized my voice, So we would go through the same process day in and day out. One day I called and to my surprise, I was getting a different answer. Hi, this is Abigail. It's wanting to know if my GED exam has been graded. This time she had a different answer for me. She says, Abigail, you failed by one point. I started crying. I felt defeated. I noticed that she was crying as well, which I thought, why in the world is she crying? She says, I'm so proud of you. That moment I thought, you are so cruel. 
for congratulating me. I mean, after all, I had failed by one point. I said, what are you talking about? She said, Abigail, you passed the exam by one point. It was a feeling that I couldn't put into words even now. The first thing I wanted to do was tell my children, let my husband know that I had, I had passed. Let's fast forward. I started working as a lunch lady for Lindo ISD. And it was during that time that the Spanish teacher had told me that a substitute teacher position had become available. She said, you know, you're bilingual. That's a great advantage. Why don't you apply? So I did. And I'll say I, I was a great lunch lady, but I made an even more awesome substitute teacher. I took every assignment seriously. I enjoyed teaching. On a particular day, I had overheard that there was a teacher that was going to be out on maternity leave for six months, and they were looking for someone to fill that position. So I immediately went and talked to Teresa, which was the assistant to the principal. And I said, can you please consider me? I want to be considered for this long-term position. And so I left it at that. After a couple of days of not hearing back, I went back and I talked to Teresa. And I said, Teresa, you know, have you heard anything? And she says, Abigail, we can't give you that assignment. I said, well, why not? <laughs> I'm a great substitute teacher, aren't I? She said, you are. She's, and I said, and I, you know, I have my GED. I mean, what, what more do you want? She said, that's the problem. You only have a GED. I said, and? She said, how do we know that you're not going to quit on us? I said, you know what, Teresa? I want to talk to Miss Todd. I want to talk to the head honcho in charge. I, I want to see if I can talk her into giving me this long-term assignment. So I walked into Ms. Todd's office. She looked at me and she said, I know why you're here. I said, well, Ms. Todd, you know, why can't I have this long-term position? She said, Abigail, you don't have any college. You don't have a teaching certificate. There's no way of me being able to justify giving you that assignment. I remember walking out and just feeling awful. I went home and <laughs> I gave the most epic, over-the-top performance. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little diva when it comes to rejection. I told Isaiah, I said, sit down. <laughs> I'm fixing to give you the performance of a lifetime. I said, can you believe Ms. Todd said that she couldn't give me the, posi the substitute position because I don't have any college? I said, I have a GD. What more, what more could they want? Isaiah looked back at me and he said, you know, it's not a bad idea. Why don't you consider going to college? Isaiah, I already have a GED. I've had to work really hard at that. College? I don't know. What Isaiah didn't know was that I would end up turning into a career student. I can tell you all the reasons why I dropped out of school in the eighth grade I can tell you all about being a wife and a mother, 
getting home from work and hitting the chemistry homework late into the night. I can tell you about all the tears I shed, all the times that I started and stopped, all the barriers that I had to overcome. Instead, let me tell you about Miss Todd. She saw something in me that at the time I did not see in myself. The encouragement that she gave me to pursue a college degree was something that I never thought would be possible for myself. For the first time, I saw myself as an actual college graduate. I saw myself with a, a degree. I saw myself being able to provide for Isaiah and the children. I saw myself being able to give my husband everything he had given us up until that point of being such a great provider. We got married when he was 21 and I was 15. Neither, was, neither one of us had a clue about what we were doing or what we were embarking on. All we knew was that we loved one another. 28 years later, it hasn't been rainbows and cupcakes. It's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of compromise and it's been a lot of appreciation for one another. Miss Todd took a chance on me in spite of how broken I must have looked. In spite of all the self-doubt that surrounded me, she continued to believe and continued to encourage me to pursue college. I find that I'm no longer that scared eighth grade dropout that is easily intimidated. I now walk with my head held high. I praise God for placing Miss Todd in my path. Ms. Todd has been there when I graduated from TJC. She was there when I graduated with a Bachelor's of Science from UT Tyler. And I hope and pray that she'll be there in September when I graduate with my Master's in Public Health. You know, I'm Are you just, in awe? Because I, I, yeah, I am. I'm like Ooh, shaking. Okay, there you go. Me too. Chills, Abby. Chills. We start the story thinking this is going to be an amazing story about an eighth grade dropout getting her GED more than a decade after right. school. And it is, but then it just keeps going. It never ends. You know, I'm, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I keep going and going and going. <laughs> I love how you take so much time in your story showing us the importance of Miss Todd in your life and in your story's trajectory. Obviously, you have focused on mentors who have planted seeds in your life. Yes, and mentors that help me break the cycle. Miss Todd is a mentor that uh, not only encouraged me to pursue college, but she also has been a big part of my life in helping me break the cycle. Yeah. For a lot of us, it's one of those things where either you remain stagnant or you allow people like Miss Todd to help you and uh, help ease the different paths. I love that scene where we just walk into that room with you and you have the conversation with her and she surprises you and it, it really upsets you. You know, you're like, what are you even talking about? But something inside of you decided to listen, take it to heart, mull on it. And it, it just seems like in your story, that was the game changer. It was. I mean, it was one of the things that I, I had to admit, I had never thought of college. I mean, it had not even 
crossed my mind. I was so adamant about, look, I had to work really hard for my GED, and now you're talking college? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't anything, honestly, that I had ever thought of, Not, not a, at least not for myself. It, it was fine for other people. I just didn't see myself going down that path. There's this phrase you repeat that stays with me. I got my GED. What more could you want? So how did you shift from believing the GED was like the pinnacle of your life to all of a sudden seeing these other horizons out there and other mountains to climb? Ms. Todd planted a seed that I didn't know could be planted in my brain. Yeah. You know, it was just one of those. And I, honestly, I didn't know in which direction I was going to be heading. And, you know, I turned into the most beautiful, epic career student that anyone could turn into. <laughs> and I I honestly, I thank her for that because I was able to unravel, cross over many barriers and overcome lots of obstacles that I don't think I had really dealt with previously. Mm. That had a lot to do with why I had quit school in the eighth grade. And so I just assumed that, okay, we'll start college. All of those feelings that I had in grade school, they'll dissipate. They won't be there when I'm in college. Uh And guess what? They were. They were. And those are scenes we don't see in your story, you know, in the classroom. What was it like getting your associates, then your bachelor's, then your master's? I had to work really hard when you when you're a child with ADHD, you know, you have your parents that advocate for you. But when you become an adult with ADHD, it's kind of like deal with it. You you know, just just deal with it, focus and and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. But then there's the obstacle of what kind of learner am I? If that even makes sense. You know, what what do I have to do to really stay focused. So one of the things that I did early on was I would click my pin. So I would click my pin and count the clicks, but I'd also be paying attention. That became a staple that I got known by. And so even when I was taking (laughs) classes online or Zoom, Uh I would have instructors that would text me, stop clicking your pin. Oh. Because they could hear it. They were like, you're that person. Yes, I was that person. That was something that I would also let them know ahead of time. Look, I have to sit in the front. I have to stay very focused. I'm easily distracted. And it was obvious, even as a kid, I lost concentration very easily. Uh huh. And then let's not get started with my nemesis, which was math. Had I known I was going to have to take so much math getting my master's, I don't know if I would have pursued it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. I don't either. (laughs) You just kept going. I did. I did. And at the end, it became a challenge, but a beautiful challenge because I wanted to prove not to anyone else anymore. I wanted to just prove to myself that I had it in me to go big or go home. And so I'm really proud of, of where I've gotten the accolades that I've achieved, you know, a lot of people, they're not going to understand it. They're not going to get it. A lot have a lot of people have asked me, why didn't you just stop at getting your associates? Because, you know, and I'll tell you the truth. I remember seeing the beautiful diplomas on my instructor's walls. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. I want one of those. 
Yeah. I just didn't know it was going to come with such an expensive price tag. (laughs) One of the things that I do want to convey to your audience is if you ever have the chance to be a Miss Todd in someone's life, Mm. go for it. Do it. Because you have no idea what that person might be going through. The ADD, ADHD. When you were in school, as a like in grade school and in, in middle school, did you know that was going on? No, did you I just have language re- no. for it. No, they. Ju- I just remember uh, the teachers would during parent conference because they had those a lot with my parents. Abby wonder- wanders. She daydreams too much. She doesn't stay focused. She talks too much. Mm-hmm. And I look back now and I think, had I done some of the things that I did, oh, I'd, I'd, I would have ended up in the kid jailhouse. Yeah. Really. No, honestly. Yeah. So, again, if, you know, had, had Miss Todd not taken the time to counsel me and had she not had all mm-hmm. the patience that she has, you know, I, I don't want to think where I'd be right now. But again, she right. she planted that beautiful seed of learning, and I literally ran with it. Honestly, I did. And I thank her every single day for giving me that opportunity to blossom and become the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Abby, it just sounds like the secret weapon here is... Stubbornness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best kind of stubbornness. And also... Like, how do you shift from going into that classroom as an adult, seeing the writing on the wall, f- flooded with all those same feelings and, uh, you know, the stigma you had in grade school, the same issues? How do you approach that? And instead of saying, I'm out, this is not for me, I'm done. How do you just show up day after day and, and keep going and, and somehow change that story? Well, like I said, at the end of my story in season three, my kids saw everything I was doing. And again, you know, one of the things that I always told my children was, I'm a reflection of you as you are of me. And they knew and they saw when it was hard and they saw me crying. And, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know why X was looking for Y or, you know, why I needed to figure out bone that was in my face during anatomy. And, you know, I had to become the person that they already saw Wow! in me that I didn't see myself in yet. So again, I had to live by example. And I, I couldn't give up. Yes, I had to repeat more classes than I'll ever <laughs> admit to. But again, it was, what are my kids going to say? I never faked who I was, especially with my children. I needed them to understand that this is as raw as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I needed for them to be able to breathe it, taste it, touch it, and experience it. You mentioned marrying at 15, is that right? So I was 15 when he and I got together. We didn't have an, a clue about what we were getting into. Yeah. You know, you're at that age where you just think you're in love and everything's going to be great. And all of a sudden, life goes, ha, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, living on love, no, Mm -hmm. because you're hungry. 
I hear a lot of women that say, well, I missed out from, I missed out of this and I didn't get to enjoy this or I didn't get to experience this. And my whole comeback to that is, how do you miss something you've never had? Why even think about the should haves, the whatnots, the could haves? You know, I, I like where I am. I love where I am. I love what I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get to experience it, guess what? Maybe there's a reason for that. Hmm. So you're content. I am. I am. Extremely. And you've been together now 30 years? It'll be 30 years on November 23rd of this year. Tell what has changed in your life since you told your story during season three of Out of the Loop. So in 2014, I got diagnosed with epilepsy. And I thought, okay, we'll just, we'll learn to shake with the moves and learn to become team shaky as my family has uh, (laughs) coined it. Last year, my seizures took a turn for the worst, and I had to walk away from being independent. And by that, I mean, you know, right now, as of today, I still can't drive. So I started working with Isaiah, and I quit 20 times a day. It's not easy working with your husband especially when you've gone through so much schooling. But it's been a beautiful, humbling experience that nothing is ever as it should be. Life has a way of turning on you and and not in a bad way. So a lot has changed. I'm still independent, but yet I, I still have to depend on him to drive me around like Miss Daisy. When you came to my house to rehearse for Real Stories Real Funny, where you retold your season three story, Isaiah was there. He was. And we pulled up to Innovation Pipeline today, and there was Isaiah. He's been with me every step of the way. Again, like any marriage, we have had our hiccups, and we've managed to work through them. And epilepsy has been no exception. So again, you know, I could have thrown my hands up in the air so many times before. And I didn't. That hasn't been a choice. You know, you have to stay positive and you have to stay, you know, on top of the fact that, you know what? Yes. Could things be a lot worse? They could. Sure. But you know what? Things are as good as they're going to get at this point, at, at this time. Don't focus so much on the negative because everybody knows, you know, at least that's what it says on the restroom wall when you go stay positive. Don't, you know, <laughs> don't, uh, don't dwell on the, the negative. Don't, don't dwell on yesterday. So you've been getting your inspiration from bathroom walls, bathroom walls, that one and uh, closed water fountains. <laughs> I would much rather raise my three kids all over again than to ever go down that academic journey again. Really? Yes. I, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between being mentally tired to physically tired. My kids left me physically tired. Uh You know, you're running here, running there, taking them here, taking them there, picking them up. You know, I need this. I need that. And you just roll with the punches. When you're going down that academic journey, you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. And that's hard. That's really hard mentally. A different kind of fatigue. Oh, oh yeah. It's a way different because at least when 
I was raising the kids that, you know, I'd lay down and boom, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Going down that academic journey, I'd lay down and I'm hearing Dr. So-and-so and and Dr. So-and-so, you know, in the background going, did you bring your Scantron? Did you log in, you know, (laughs) for this? Did you log in for that? Did you turn in, you know? And so you're thinking about all of the things that you need to be doing and your brain doesn't shut off. Thank God kids leave you tired. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to leave us with that hasn't come up yet? No, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. I I know that you didn't know who you were going to meet that day at Starbucks. Yeah, and, long ago. Uh, long ago. And I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you've given me that that opportunity. And again, if there's somebody out there trying to figure out what they're meant to be or what they're meant to, to have or do, don't think too hard because you'll end up, you know, on a 10-year academic journey and having so many credit and hours that, you know, you've got enough to, to be an astronaut. So, you know, just just laugh and keep a smile. That's beautiful. (laughs) It's really awesome to spend time with you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. The Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of The Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in-depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetylerloop.com. Thank you.